The Jets lose their preseason opener, but there were some positives to take from the game. Let's discuss them today on Locked On Jets. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, this is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Friday, August 4th, 2023, and I'm your host, John B. from GettingGreenNation.com. Thanking you so much for making the show your first listen or first watch every day. Subscribe to the show for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so that you get new episodes as soon as they're posted. If you're listening on a podcast source, give this show a five-star review, and if you're watching on YouTube, give this episode a big thumbs up. These things help us out and help other Jets fans find the podcast. Today's episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by eBay Motors. A championship team is all about each player being a perfect fit. The same goes for your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit, ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. The Jets opened the preseason in 2023 last night, and they lost 21-16 to to the Cleveland Browns. Robert Sala's first preseason loss as Jets head coach. Jets actually were undefeated the previous two years in the exhibition season. We're going to talk about the game on today's episode. It was not a game that was super exciting. I did not see a lot of uh, a, a lot of intensity in the fourth quarter from the guys who were playing at the end of the game for the Jets. And it was not a game that featured a whole lot of relevant players. The Jets did not play their first team offense or defense. And even like the relevant backups really did not play past the first quarter for the most part. Maybe an exception here or there. We'll talk about a few of them on today's show. So as far as longer-term takeaways, I don't think there are a ton from this game. So we're going to do our best to kind of try to figure out what was significant in this game for the New York Jets. Now, again, the Jets lost, but I don't think anybody really cares about the final score of an exhibition game. Yeah, I mean, you'd like to win rather than lose. But the guys who decided this game last night, they're not going to be on the team. And if they are, they're going to be guys who are like on the practice squad or maybe guys who are inactive on game day. So I don't want to go too crazy over the final results. So what, what can we talk about? Well, I think the most important guy from last night's game was Mekhi Becton. And I felt that way going in earlier this week. I discussed that and folks who are everydayers know this. Mekhi Becton did take the field last night and he was supposed to play about 20 to 25 snaps. And that was cut short. He only played seven snaps on offense. And I don't know, there were some rumblings in the post-game press conference. Maybe the knee was feeling a little sore, maybe. And Becton kind of suggested that he wasn't super comfortable playing on the turf. So he only played seven snaps on offense. Now, seven snaps on offense, not really enough to make any sort of sweeping conclusions. But I will say this, and on a night where there aren't a ton of takeaways for the New York Jets, I thought Becton was excellent in those seven snaps. I mean, I was, I, and I was trying to keep my eye on him. I thought he, he was outstanding, and I thought he moved pretty well. So if there's a one major takeaway from this game, it's Mekhi Becton. And what is understandably re- limited action, and in a number of snaps that's not a great sample size, did look very good. And again, did look like he was moving pretty well out there. And that's significant. Now, he was going up against backups. So 
I think the expectation last night is going up against, you know, second teamers, you need to dominate. You know, if Becton just looks okay and he's gets getting beaten on a play or two, that's probably not good enough because he's not going up against great competition. If Becton's going to be a, a, a starter for this team, he's got to be able to dominate backups. And again, seven snaps. So I don't know how much you want to read into it, but I thought he did dominate in the seven snaps. We know how important tackle is for the Jets. Um, you know, a couple levels. Aaron Rodgers doesn't move as well as he used to, so he's going to be more confined to the pocket than he's been in the past. And at 39 years of age, those hits add up. So you want to limit as many hits as you can. And tackle's a question mark for the Jets. I mean, I think both spots on some level, it's not really clear how the Jets are going to get through this season. So Becton becomes an absolutely critical player for this football team. And it was a very limited test. You can even call it a quiz. Maybe it wasn't quite a test, but he passed it with flying colors. And, you know, he looked like the guy, you know, the Jets were hoping they would get when they drafted him three years ago. And now a lot of it's going to be, can he stay on the field? A lot of it's going to be, can he, you know, extend? Obviously, he's going to need to play more than seven snaps once we get into the season. And he's going to go up against better competition. But look, if Becton went out and gave up two sacks last night, everybody would be going crazy. And... I look at this and I say, you know what, that was, you know, it would have been nicer if he played longer. But if you ask me what would the best case scenario be for Becton, it'd be at least as far as quality of play goes, it would be what we saw last night. I thought it was a really promising start to Beck for Becton's preseason. I'm not saying, you know, necessarily going to continue, but I, I liked what I saw out of Becton. And on a night where there were not a lot of relevant players on the field for the Jets for any extended uh, stretch of time, and the first team offense and first team defense, for the most part, did not even suit up to get seven good snaps out of Becton. At least that's something. Now, I think the other key player to watch last night was Zach Wilson. And it was a pretty quiet night for Zach Wilson, also with one exception. He only threw, he only attempted uh, five passes. I think he had maybe six dropbacks. There was a 57 yard completion, though. It was a really nice throw, it was an outstanding throw outside the numbers, deep down the left sideline. Uh, Malik Taylor made the catch. Malik Taylor ran a great route. He, he created separation. Wilson read it perfectly. You know, it wasn't an overly complex defense in, in the preseason. You're seeing a lot of vanilla schemes. You know, other teams aren't going to throw exotic pressure packages or, you know, really rotate their coverage a whole lot. They're not going to put like a lot on film for their regular season opponents, but really impressive throw by Zach Wilson. You know, how much does it mean? It's one throw. And Zach Wilson had five attempts in this game. So you were never going to see enormous levels of growth from Zach Wilson and a handful of snaps. But I think as much as anything for Zach Wilson, it's about trying to rebuild his career. And I think the first step is try and put together that shattered confidence again, because I'm sure his confidence level was very low at the end of last season. And you're not going to rebuild Zach Wilson overnight. Look, if the Jets felt like they could rebuild Zach Wilson in an offseason, Aaron Rodgers would not be here. It's a longer term type deal. It's going to take probably multiple years if it's ever going to happen for Zach Wilson. But you have to start somewhere. And again, one pass. I don't think you want to read too much into it. But that's the story of, the, of Zach Wilson's performance. That one pass to Malik Taylor where he put the ball on the money outside the numbers. And, you know, Chris Collinsworth on NBC is going on about what an amazing catch it was by Malik Taylor. And I, I, he, Taylor ran a great route. I, I, I thought he did a good job. He created separation. He gave his quarterback a window to throw the ball to. So I, I do want to give Taylor credit, but a vintage former wide receiver who becomes TV analyst, who gives the credit to the receiver when the quarterback makes an absolutely outstanding throw 
uh, to, to complete the pass. I actually thought the Jets should have put, left Zach Wilson out there a little bit longer because I go back to what I was just saying about confidence. Zach Wilson would have torn that Browns defense up. You know, say what you will about Zach Wilson, and there are question marks about his future. He's a quarterback with 22 games of starting experience, going up against practice squatters, going up against you know third stringers who are not playing an overly complex coverage. Zach Wilson would have had a lot of success in, in this game if they had left him out there. So I actually would have liked to have seen him play longer. Part of this is just we have to see Tim Boyle and Chris Streveler after Zach Wilson. You know, they, they, if the Jets had left him out there a little bit longer, the story of the game would have been Zach Wilson dominating the, the Browns defense. So I, I wish they had stayed stayed out there a little bit longer. But at the end of the day, you know, this, the story everybody's going to take from Zach Wilson in this game is that great throw to Malik Taylor. So, you know, positive start for Zach Wilson as well. So the, really the two, to the extent there were high profile players in this game last night for the Jets, I think both of them come away with a positive storyline. Makai Becton looking outstanding. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you can say somebody looked outstanding in seven in uh, seven plays, but I really liked what Beckton did in those seven plays. And then Zach Wilson, you know, three for five. But the one, the one, the one throw that everybody will remember is the fifty-seven yard completion where he put the ball where it needed to be outside the numbers. Now, here on the Locked On Jets podcast, we'll turn our attention to the first round draft pick. Will McDonald made his Jets debut last night, and again, I think it's another positive storyline for this team. We'll discuss that continuing this Friday game recap edition of the Locked On Jets podcast. Today's episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. August is here, and you know what that means. It's the official start of Fantasy Football Drafting Month. And Underdog is the easiest place to play fantasy football and the best place for best ball. Best Ball Mania 4 is the largest fantasy football tournament ever, and the winner of Best Ball 3 drafted their team in July. So what are you waiting for? You can get championship ready for your home league by trying out Best Ball on Underdog Fantasy. All you do is one live snake draft. There's no waivers. There's no trades. Underdog sets your best lineup every week. Try it out, try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament, the largest fantasy football contest of all time. It's back in even bigger, with $15 million of total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million going to the winner. Last year, the winner drafted their team in July, so don't wait around. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with promo code LOCKEDON to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code LOCKEDON. It's one word with no space, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listener, first watch every day. Big shout out to you everydayers. This is a daily podcast covering the New York Jets. We have new episodes each day through the week, Monday through Friday, and then some bonus episodes as needed on the weekend. Sometimes we need a second episode when news breaks. So tune into the show every day and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Today we're breaking down a New York Jets, what is a New York Jets preseason loss, but I don't really care about the final score. I really care about the key storylines coming from the game, you know, in the regular season, we can worry about the final score. I think that in the preseason, it's much more about the individual players. And a guy I really had on last night was Will McDonald was of course the Jets first round pick back in the spring when in the NFL draft, not a lot of people were expecting the Jets to go with a a pass rusher in the first round because the defensive line is pretty good. And the Jets are hoping Will McDonald will make that defensive line even better. And I think you have to say a very positive beginning to Will McDonald's career. There was a play early, I think it was in the first quarter, where it was a bootleg. And essentially, 
you're not familiar with the boot, like essentially it's a fake handoff and then the quarterback runs outside. And what happens on this play is the guy at the end of the line is unblocked because essentially they're hoping that the guy at the end of the line chases the running back. Essentially, they're hoping that he bites on the play fake and then the quarterback can go outside and have no pass rushers in his face. Will McDonald did not bite on the play fake. Will McDonald went straight for the quarterback. He went straight for Kellen Mond and he essentially destroyed the play. Mond threw an incompletion under duress. So right off the bat, a, a player who by many accounts is raw, by many accounts, you know, still needs to learn some instincts, looks really good, uh, you know, does not bite at all on the, on the play action fake and you know, does his job and it just accelerates to Kellen Mond. I mean, even when the quarterback, even when the guy at the end of the line who's on blocked doesn't bite on the fake, he doesn't always get to the quarterback that quickly. Usually the quarterback has some time to at least dump the ball off to his check down. Will McDonald exploded to Kellen Mond and you saw like kind of the raw potential of Will McDonald on that play. But then in the second half, I'm going to go back to something I said yesterday. And if you listen to yesterday's show, I, I was really excited because I finally got something right in one of these on one of my game preview podcasts. You, you know, you make a lot of predictions; they don't always come true. But on yesterday's show, I talked about the spin move Will McDonald showed at Iowa State and how you know in college it wasn't really fully developed, but it was still like it's still kind of promising to see a college player even attempt a spin move, even if it's not great, because most college players aren't trying that. And in the second half, he executed a brilliant spin move and got to the quarterback. And this year for Will McDonald it's not really going to be about producing 10 sacks. It's not going to be about being a huge part of this defense. It's about developing. It's about just improving. And I think yesterday's game, and I don't want to overstate the significance of a handful of snaps against, you know, pretty suspect competition, but it's a, it's a first sign to say, you know, maybe this guy's improving. Maybe this guy's developing a bit. And this is like kind of, the season where Will McDonald's going to see a lot of playing time because in that, you know, in once we get to the real games, the Jets have to try and win. And this goes back to why, you know, you shouldn't be upset that the Jets lost this game this season right now, this month of August, it's all about player development. These games, the scores don't matter. Nobody cares. The Jets could go and four in the preseason. It won't make a difference at all. This is all about getting players like Will McDonald game reps because those game reps will not be coming in the regular season. I'm sure he'll be part of the rotation. I'm sure he'll see, I don't know, maybe like 20% of snaps. He'll be a situational player. This is a chance for Will McDonald to really shine, chance for Will McDonald to get real action, chance for Will McDonald to improve, and chance for him to go up against competition that he should be able to succeed against because against one's you know, a raw type of defensive lineman, he's going to struggle. You know. Against this level of competition, Will McDonald's traits are going to show. Will McDonald's athleticism is going to really pop off the screen, as it did on those two plays last night. So I think a really solid debut for Will McDonald. I, I don't want, again, it's it's preseason, it's week one. Keep it all in perspective. I'm not you know guaranteeing huge things this year for Will McDonald. But for my expectation, my expectation is where I wanted Will McDonald to kind of jump off the screen a couple of times. And he did that. And he showed you the flashes of potential. And for a player like this, who's kind of raw, who needs some refinement, that's what you want to see. You want to see a couple plays where you say, man, if that guy puts it together, we got something special on our hands. And I do believe that's what we saw from Will McDonald in this game. And then the other thing I'm going to note on the defensive side of the ball, a couple of big plays by linebackers in, in this game. Uh, couple, Jets forced a couple turnovers in the first half. Uh, Jamie and Sherwood forced a fumble. So, Sherwood, who you know, could end up being the third linebacker on this team. In fact, I would say probably he's even the favorite to be the third linebacker, forcing a fumble 
in the first half. So that's a, that's a very positive thing. And then uh, Chaz Surratt had an interception. Now both, uh, both Sherwood and Surratt kind of had some struggles later on, but they're producing big plays. And I think, you know, at the linebacker position, if you're getting big plays out of the guys you have, I think it's a positive. So the linebacker depth, it's kind of up in the air right now. You know, Zaire Barnes kind of got burned on a touchdown near the end of the first half. Uh, there are some other guys in the mix, but I think uh, Sherwood and Surratt, it, you know, even if they were kind of inconsistent and the Jets had some struggles against the run, especially in the second half, but even if they were inconsistent, they did make big plays, which I think is a positive for those guys. Now, head here on the Locked On Jets podcast. We will close out our show. We're going to turn our attention to a quarterback depth. I mean, nobody has a good third-string quarterback, but the Jets may need to go outside their organization based on what we saw last night. And we'll discuss that as we continue this Friday game recap edition of the Locked On Jets podcast. This is the Locked On Jets podcast here on this Friday. We're recapping a Jets preseason loss, even though the final score doesn't matter if you're interested. Browns won the game 21 to 16. Although I'll say this, not that just played any starters last night, but there were some relevant backups who saw the field in the first half in the periods where the relevant backups were on the field, the jets were in control of the game. So if you want to be take a, you want to have a really positive takeaway from this game. It's that the players who are going to play roles on this jets generally played pretty well. I don't think you could say that about the two, the two guys who are vying for the third quarterback job though. Those would be Tim Boyle and Chris Strebler. Uh Boyle was 6 of 11 for 61 yards and missed, badly missed on some throws. And Strebler, 1 of 7 for 9 yards. And so I think you could say maybe the magic of August 2022 with Chris Strebler has worn off. And I, I don't know why the Jets didn't try and run Strebler a little bit more in the fourth quarter because Strebler's not much of a passer. He's essentially a running quarterback. And the challenge I think Strebler has this year Last year, he you know he was kind of stuck around. He was on the practice squad, then he got called up to the big club at various points during the season. Um, the challenge Strebler has this year is that Aaron Rodgers is in the mix. So last year with Zach Wilson, when he's struggling, and the Jets never really used this, but you can at least see that there could be a package for Strebler as a running quarterback where you're trying to change pace a little bit. If Zach Wilson's struggling, maybe you, you go to Strebler and you tr try and run the ball at the quarterback position. That package makes way less sense when you have Aaron Rodgers on your team because every snap that goes to Chris Strebler is a you know in a rushing package, that's a snap that's not going to Aaron Rodgers. And the Jets are always going to be a better team with Aaron Rodgers with the ball in his hands than they will Chris Strebler with the ball in his hands. With a lesser quarterback, you know, you can talk about mixing and matching. You can talk about you know building some sort of you know temporary you know couple plays here, a couple plays there, where you you throw this new look at a team, you're not going to throw a new look with Aaron Rodgers. You want Aaron Rodgers in the pocket, dissecting a defense and getting the ball where it needs to go. So beyond Strebler's poor play, I think Strebler has a difficult path to the roster. And Tim Boyle looked like you'd expect – Tim Boyle looked exactly how one would expect Tim Boyle to look. He did not look like much of a quarterback. And I understand that when you're talking about your third-string quarterbacks, you're probably not talking about a guy who has much of a role on your team, and you're probably not talking about a guy who's very good because anybody who's good at the quarterback position is a starter, and anybody who's like even remotely credible is usually a backup. It's very difficult to find a good third quarterback. I mean, the Mike Whites of the world who can go in for a game or two and play well, they don't, you know, they're not readily available in this league. But the league did change its rules this year. So teams now can dress a third quarterback, and it specifically needs to be a quarterback. So over the last couple of years, you know, the last decade or so, a lot of teams have just only carried two quarterbacks because there was no third quarterback. This year, the rules are different. 
teams can now dress a third quarterback, but it has to be a third quarterback, give a little extra roster spot. So it makes sense to carry a third quarterback on your 53-man roster. And I think the Jets probably want to go out, might want to go outside the organization to find a, a third quarterback because while there's no great options for a number three quarterback, there has to be somebody better, at least a developmental guy who can play better than, than these two guys looked. Um, and then, you know, another guy, if we're talking negatives, I was really pretty disappointed in Jason Brownlee because this guy, the hype this guy got out of training camp for the way he's been playing in these practices, been off the charts. And he had two catches for 17 yards. And actually the second catch, he made a nice adjustment on a ball that wasn't particularly well thrown. They also had two, I don't know if they were drops, but they were balls that were very catchable. And we'll see what happens with him. I'm not going to write him off after a couple bad plays in a preseason game, but at the same point for the level of hype this guy got, I actually thought there were two receivers who made a stronger case to get that final, that sixth and final spot at the receiver position on the 53 man roster. And one of them I mentioned was Malik Taylor, who had a 57 yard reception. Now, I think the counter to the Malik Taylor 57-yard reception, this is a 27-year-old guy who's been in the NFL a long time, and typically like preseason games against backups are where these guys feast because they're experienced players. They know how to get open against you know practice squad-level players. So you can dismiss the 57-yard reception, even though he ran a good route and created separation. But the thing that Malik Taylor did that may be even more significant is he made a great special teams tackle on a punt coverage. And that's the type of thing that gets you on the team if you're if you're the number six receiver because number six receivers aren't going to see the field much running routes, but they can see the field if they make a big impact on special teams coverage units. So Malik Taylor, I think, to the extent Malik Taylor can make a case to be on the roster, I think he actually kind of made a case in this one to, to get that final wide receiver spot. And the other guy I'm going to point to is – Again, a player who made made a special teams impact, Xavier Gibson. Now, Gibson got, game got off to a terrible start because in the fourth quarter, the first quarter, he dropped a punt where he had plenty of room to run. He dropped it and it went out of bounds, so he cost the Jets a lot of yardage. But he also broke a forty-five yard kickoff return near the end of the first half. And again, special teams. I mean, kickoff returns are less important, and they become they become less important in the NFL each year. But still. If you're going to be the number six receiver, you got to figure out a way to contribute on special teams. I thought that, you know, Gibson, what Gibson did, and I'll even say, you know, what the, uh, what Taylor did, that tackle he made on, on the punt coverage, that's more important than, than getting a reception. And when Brownlee doesn't even produce at all, I think it was a good night for those two guys. I don't think it was a good night for Brownlee. We'll see what happens, though. I mean, there's there's still three three preseason games left. There's still plenty of training camp to go. So lots to, lot to take in still. But those are my thoughts on the first preseason game. Anyway, that's all for today's episode. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day is our motto. As always, if you enjoyed the show, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening so that you'll never miss an episode. If you're listening on a podcast, first give the show a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube, give this episode a big thumbs up. These things help us out, help other Jets fans find the podcast. Hope you have a great weekend, everybody. We'll be back next week. We'll talk more Jets.